Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. All right, we're live. It is, if you can believe it, it's the end of summer, and we're here to recap summer twenty twenty three. It's time to roll, roll, you know, roll down the windows, I guess, because it's a little less hot. It's time to break out your flannels, unless you're Brian, when you never put away your flannels. Um, but By the way, RJ, it's super hot here in New York. It's like yeah, I'm sorry, hot. dude. I I just can't even. It is ridiculously so hot here. Like, it's very whatever hot. You're talking about doesn't apply. To <laughs> I know. I was doing it aspirationally. Places. I was down there in DC this week. It was a hundred. It was over a hundred. It was not good. Mm-mm. Um, what it is. but, but I was trying to set the stage for this, um, you know, this recap Changing of summer. seasons. Yeah. yeah. Um, Brian, are you rested? Are you rested after the, after the Dick's weekend? No, I, I hopefully will be <laughs> after this weekend. Uh, I planned like an idiot, one of the busiest weeks of work of the year for me for this last week. Um, oh no somehow i'm through it we're good now but we're going on day like six of hyper focus intensity staying up late doing stuff no concerts after dicks which was a smart call but um i'm expecting to go to bed at like seven o'clock i'm going to go to bed with my kids tonight yeah it's It's gonna feel good i mean i didn't even go to dicks and i'm exhausted same (laughs) i didn't stay up and watch it i'm tired i did and let me tell you it was largely worth it but oh my god but but I something else. Ragging. Um, okay. The end of the weekend. I want to just tell you guys something. I have a new. Um, everyone who's been watching or listening, some people make fun of me because everyone knows I love beer. And this this year, I've been working more non-alcoholic beer into my life because there are some days when it's like I'll just have a beer because like it's, it's what I do. But you don't need like I don't need to do that every time. So anyway, my friend Rick Silver, who I think most of you guys know, um, he recommended this place called Go Brewing, and uh, they ship this delicious 
and a beer to your house. They're not even a sponsor. I just want to tell you because I think their stuff's good. So that's awesome. I just want to Is tell you guys that. Is sponsor? The Hammer of Justice? It should be. We should we should get them to do that. Um, all right. Well, what we're gonna do we're gonna we're gonna do this kind of similarly to what we did last um, year recapping tour, which I'm sure everyone remembers the outline perfectly. <laughs> but we'll we'll tell you we each brought a few ideas, a few themes, a few takeaways from the tour, and some show recommendations. But I think we probably all have a lot more to say than what we're gonna be able to say in the time we have. So I guess we'll just do our best, right? Is that right, Brian? What else? What else are you expecting out of this? I just do show up, do your best, say what you believe, say it with passion and with mm. detail and examples, always examples, plenty of examples. All right. There's gotta be lots of reasons. Uh, but yeah, that's all I'm asking for. You know, no one word answers, RJ. Fine. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So where do we start? I mean, I guess, so we, we went on this pretty crazy journey. I mean, this tour was long, but it wasn't, it wasn't consistently happening, <laughs> but it happened yeah. over the course of like two and a half, three months. It turns out there were a lot of shows yeah. over all of that time. Um, now that I try to look back at all of them and figure out what I really like, like a lot of shows. <laughs> Brian, yeah. do you have so the numbers? Many. How many shows? I actually don't yeah. have the numbers of the total shows. I'm guessing we're in like the 22 to 25 range. That sounds about right to me. Um, I think it's it, what feels long about this tour is that you kind of combined a normal summer tour of sheds on the East Coast with an MSG residency. And then there were a few weeks off. We had the SPAC shows and we had dicks. It just was a lot of fish things all kind of combined into a month and a half. And I think in the best way possible, it felt like a long tour. Right, because yeah, normally we have a like a bit bigger of a break typically between mm-hmm. tour and dicks. With SPAC happening right in the middle, it didn't even feel like a break. It was like, oh, I just went to work for a few days, and now we're back to watching shows. Certainly, my wife didn't think there was a break. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> agreed. <laughs> I think it was twenty. I think it was twenty five with the two SPAC shows added. So yeah, that's pretty. Right that's there. pretty solid yeah. tour. Um, okay, so. Who wants to start? Who wants to share a takeaway that they have from this from this tour? Because we can't really, I mean, we can't go chronologically. We don't need to tell people where they played because everyone knows that. And we'll talk about the shows. But what, what's a, what's a, who's got a hot take for us? I'll start with one that I've been thinking about this last week as I've been specifically re-listening to the Dicks run. Um, some moments that I both loved in the moment, but also, uh, since then have kind of, you know, as you re-listen and you're not in the venue, like you start to realize how strong some of this music was. I was thinking a lot about how so much of the jamming style this summer was defined by these like very major keyed blissy peaks. And that that is something that in years past, at least to my years, um, I don't, I don't, it sometimes feels really natural and really joyous, but sometimes it feels like a crutch um, that, okay, we don't know exactly where we're going. We'll shift into D major, we'll peak this jam, and it will be a joyous celebration, white lights everywhere. And one thing we kept talking about after the shows at Dick's this last weekend, and I was thinking about it as I was looking through some of my jamming highlights, pretty much all these jams have these huge, huge peaks but all of them feel completely earned and it feels like even when they they shift into this very blissy mode 
they play around with it in a mm-hmm. way that in years past it would feel almost purposeful like let's just get to the peak here there's you know jams like the alpharetta ruby waves the wave of hope from wilmington the kill devil falls from syracuse uh the war or wave of hope from msg uh the howling and piper from dicks like these jams feel like fully formed ideas with a ton of exploration underneath all while leading to a huge peak. And it makes it feel that much more rewarding in the moment when they get to like the white lights and everyone's losing their mind because you've gone on a complete journey with the band. And that to me more than anything kind of signifies how great of a tour it's been. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. I also think that that kind of leads to when my takeaway was, or one of them, was Trey's like really confident playing and it's like really clear, confident tone. I remember I was at the man, it's the second night that I was there, um, and I was blown away by Trey's tone. It's just so clear, it's so strong and so beautiful. Mm. And I felt like that came through so much, especially in that second set when you have like that set your soul free, ridiculous Karini jam. And then songs like Golden Age and Limb by Limb, just really beautiful, that hood too. Like everything in that show just sounded really confident. And I feel like he was leading a lot of the jams this summer, kind of what you're talking about, Brian, and into that place where then they were getting to this peak and then dancing around it in a way that was so compelling. And I felt like his playing was just, I also felt it the first night of MSG. It was so powerful the way that he opened that show and that whole first set with like a wave of hope into cities. It was just, it was so incredible. And I felt like he sounded just so ready. It was exciting. I think they all did. And that's kind of Mm -hmm. really where I land on this. Like, Fish summer 2024 is a really good fish. Like Jonathan Fishman is insanely on fire. Like last year um, he had surgery and I'm going to say this year, there ain't no sign of surgery. He's recovered and he's just, he's playing like a machine. Um, Mike Gordon, he's playing strong all summer. I think the, uh exploring and tinkering he may still be tinkering but the there was some tentativeness in his sound at the beginning of spring uh that stuff's gone he's just he's he's there he's locked in page absolutely like engaged on fire taking long leads in tweezers like come on and and of course uh the guitar player guy what's his name uh trey fucking great fucking great Jonathan, I think you're you're looking toward the future, and I'm only going to say this because I don't want to get in trouble. But you said summer 2024, but I think you meant summer 2023. Whatever year this is, I don't know. <laughs> I just want I don't want the hate mail, you know. Uh, you just no, don't they, want to. They can send it. They can send it to a.f.u at gmail.com. Oh wow! Uh, wow, go in yeah, there. Send it right there. That's a real. That's a real mailbox. I will reply. <laughs> um. Okay, well, you guys kind of took all my ideas. Um, no, I wanted to just... <laughs> <coughs> That's how we keep it short, to, RJ. We did, I have I more did ideas math. I can take. I, I do too. <laughs> you guys want to hear my math? Yeah. I, I love your all, math. I don't like All the math. people in the chat, where, where are you guys? I mean, there are people watching, but no one's commenting. Maybe they're just too, just too focused on what we're talking about. Um, so Fish is... <laughs> I think I've said con- like pretty consistently that encores are kind of dumb. And that encores should just be banished in favor of you know that's my bit. longer sets more short 
We can both do it. Yeah. We can both be have it. But I think Fish is proving us wrong. Average average 17 minute encore for this tour, um, which is which is pretty I think that's pretty good. That's like a you know, that's like a whole mini set. I mean it's not about time. But I think it's about time. I don't. I, I think it's really about what they do with the time. There is the possibility for an extremely deeply meaningful five-minute encore. Um, but when they come out and play what is basically half a set for an encore, also deeply meaningful. So it's a. I think you are seeing though, to to the to the point of time. I think like I've been looking back at. The, the, ever since they did the live fish re, uh, reboot, they show you the set times um, yeah, I and love the encore that. times. I'm really kind of fascinated by it because you, if you look back at early 3.0, which by the way we're going to get into in 40 for 40 starting next week, um, there's a lot of like hour and 40 minute first sets, mm-hmm. hour and 25 30 minute second sets, and then like a 12 minute encore. And after that much music, a 12 minute encore is pretty warranted. If you look through the latter part of 3.0 and early 4.0, the set times shorten and they're definitely like down to hour 15, hour, hour 25 at maximum. But you were getting in a lot of cases the same encore. This summer, to your point, RJ, you are getting more music to complement it. It's as if the band is sustaining their playing over the course of an entire evening for longer. Mm -hmm. They're just distributing aspects of that to the encore, which is pretty sweet. And doing creative uh, stuff with it too. Like, you know, playing four or five song encores that are all just like packed. Like I think about the August 1st show at MSG, like Wilson, Sanity, Bowie, Character Zero. Like that was insane in the room. Like it was was so fun. There's a million examples like that too, of just encores that just blew everybody away. Whereas 2010, I'm just picking that out of a hat. The Character Zero alone is the encore. Right, Um, right. And... Those are the kind of those are the kinds of encores that I think RJ and I are both ready to do away with. And it sounds like Fish is too. They've been giving yeah. us these very, like you said, Brian, and we I called it out early in the tour, these very consistent set times. And you know, whatever reason they have for doing it, I I don't care because it seems to be working for them. Except maybe when there's they're at like 67 minutes and started David Bowie. That's maybe not my favorite. Uh, Same. That's fair. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, whatever. I do think um, the, the other thing just I'll throw out there is just the new material, which we've talked a lot about really, I think to your, to your point, Megan about Trey, I mean, I think, I think the new material, like starting with the Denver shows that they did Mm -hmm. before summer tour and then, you know, coming in with even just, Right, right away, just bringing some new songs was just incredible, just really awesome. Um, I don't know. I think that I think that affects a lot of the playing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, ten original debuts over the course of the tour, and some of them became like monster jam vehicles that were jammed more than once. That was just so obvious that they were so inspired by it. And some of my favorite moments of tour were like Oblivion jams or the Wild jams. So exciting. Well, and I think to your point, RJ, it impacts the music. And I, to your point, Meg, like they're jamming these new songs. So like these new songs are leading to new jamming ideas. And then that those jamming ideas are kind of spilling over into other jams that they're doing on older songs. Mm-hmm. Um, like that well, the the well jam from Philadelphia feels like the power of that jam. I mean, it's like 
18 of high octane Fishman Trey back and forth so much so that at the end Fishman's like, can we just do that again? Let's just do that for the rest of the show. Uh, That was so um, good. Like that back and forth that comes specifically out of the written gem segment within the well. You then heard that in various other places. Like I heard that type of jamming in the tweezer and the Carini Mm. from Dix and multiple moments in the light where you know, these new songs are not just like inspiring new ideas from a song standpoint, but also from a jamming standpoint, which I just, I, I love that about it. And I don't know when we're going to stop seeing new songs from fish. I hope we never stop seeing new songs from fish. Cause like it's, it's clear as they're evolving as songwriters, it's only becoming more and more interesting. Yeah. I'm really just here to talk about the uh, tweezer oblivion from Syracuse. So just let me know where I can get into that. Do it, do it now. Just to do, de- <laughs> well, just to derail yeah. this slightly, McGrupp on YouTube says, what was the jam of the tour? Jam. Mm. All shows need to be retracked. So it's tweezer for eight minutes and then jam, etc. <laughs> so jam is the song of tour. We know Brian has a ranking. Yeah. He can he, rank away. I mean, I went through my 10 favorite jams of summer tour. If, if you want to hear, or I can just say my, my, my two favorite, what do you want? I'm, I'm oh, whatever you're ready for. Yeah. Wait, right. Do it. Give it All to right. us. I'll, I'll put my list here. One sec. <laughs> There's a lot here. All right. So this is just summer. This is not the year because Got my it. favorite jam of the year is still the tweezer simple from Berkeley. Like, come on. But just looking at summer, I would go 714 Ruby Waves from Alpharetta. Uh, just a monster, monster jam. Uh, that's one or are we going up number, from 10? That's, that's my number one for, okay. of this summer. Number two, the Fuego from MSG uh, with like just a beautiful kraut route section at the end. Uh, three from summer, the 723 Tweezer from Syracuse with Paige McConnell losing his mind in the last five minutes. Holy uh, shit, yes. Oh my God. Uh, the nine one sand, um, maybe the happiest I've been at a fish show in almost two years was during that sand. Um, and that whole set was incredible, but that sand in particular, uh, the seven twenty eight wave of hope, the second song Mm. of MSG, they come out and they play 20 minutes. And it's like, every time you listen to that, when they go back into the wave of hope chorus coda, like they are just, they are on another level. I'm hitting my microphone. I'm so excited. They're on another level. The entire building is levitating. I'm just going to uh, tell you for a moment, yeah. that moment in MSG was fucking nuts. I was in the middle oh of the floor God. under the scoreboard. I felt like I was in the center of the universe. Like I felt like all the energy in the world was in the middle of MSG at that moment. That whole show, <laughs> like I was walking around at set break and everybody was just like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, it was one of those shows. I thought you, you could feel that at home. It was it was unreal. Yeah. Um couple just a couple more here. The 723 Killed Over Falls that closed the first set and is just beautiful so peaking jam. Um 726 Karini from the man. Holy crap, so much energy. 825 Simple from um SPAC, the 831 Karini, the run opening jam, and then uh my number 10 is the uh Eight five tweezer Guy Forge tweezer. Um, that was sick in the moment. <laughs> that was, that really was cool. it, it really holds up. It's yeah. just like uh, what a send off to MSG at that moment in time. Um, so yeah, really really good stuff from the summer tour. And I, I could keep going with stuff that like just blows my mind. But it's like there's just so much there. Yeah, Jonathan, what else you got from the summer? Well, 
I mean, I just have a few things. I, I, everything Brian has listed, I like because it's all freaking good. One of the things that I really, he didn't mention that I want to highlight is, um, and I'm sure it's for just a little further down his list somewhere, is the uh, 831, First Night at Dick's, uh, Tweezer, and Sea of Stars. Like that, so that pairing mm. is amazing yeah. and perfect. And that Sea of Stars is absolutely gorgeous and crazy and uh after this big tweezer that like really just shakes your head loose um and staying at dicks i'm i'm coming in no particular order here the split open and melt the closed nine one uh close the encore on nine one 17 minute is absolutely like brian is still reeling from it like he, he didn't say this but you know we know the reason he hasn't had good sleep is it's giving him nightmares it's nuts. Quite, quite um, good nightmares. Yeah, good nightmares. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I mentioned the uh, the seven twenty three uh, tweezer uh, uh, oblivion that uh, that Brian also mentioned. And yes, that that is the page solo in that tweezer that I'm talking about. Oblivion gets nuts. Uh, these are the things you know that I'm here to to hear when I'm listening to fish. There's I, I I can't I can't even begin with this tour. There's so much. I mean, I told you guys, I'm telling everybody out there now, my playlist of like great shit from summer tour, I gave up somewhere during MSG making it, and it is <laughs> hours and hours long. Like it's insane. I know. It's you a- can you can just like pick a show and there's bound to be something super sick that happened at that show. And I think one of the reasons that I thought like a theme that really carried through for me that was in a lot of my notes was really inspired set listing. I think Trey was just doing an incredible job crafting sets that like didn't really look like they would make sense on paper, but just like crushed in the room. I think that like you look at like, go ahead, Jonathan. I'm sorry. I want to just add to that point before you continue is that that's part of what makes my playlist so long is it's not just the big jams. There's chunks of shows that just flow beautifully together that, you know, happened. It might be easier and shorter for me to have made a list of things that are skips. Absolutely. I mean, you think about the show at The Man on the 26th of July, like opening with Mike Song into Boogie On, back into Mike Song, Hydrogen, Weekopog. I mean, that was the most killer opening. And then you're looking at something like, I mean, yeah, the way they opened MSG, that whole 728 show is just absolute magic. But then even like the 8-1 show from MSG, like Ghost opening the show, like a 17-minute, just fucking awesome Ghost and then Reba, beautiful Reba, funky bitch, Timber, like that whole set ending with I Am The Walrus, like Trey placed really classic songs in perfect places. He put like huge jams in places that aren't huge jams usually. He just really blew up set listing in a way that I thought was absolutely gorgeous. Like I was so impressed the whole tour. I was like amazed. I was thinking about something very similar to what you're saying. I think it's a really strong point that you're making. Um I feel like there was a lot of risk in the set listing and the show construction Mm -hmm. that led to a lot of like high reward. I was thinking about four shows in particular, um, Burgettstown night two, seven twenty two, seven twenty six, as you mentioned, Meg, uh, eight, two, the fifth night in MSG. I want to say that was cool. Wednesday show. Um, and nine, two, the Saturday night at Dick's those shows like, for me at least in the moment had some ups and downs 
But when I listen back to the highlights, there are moments that I will be listening to for the next couple of years. And I feel like it's one of the differentiating factors of this tour versus last summer, which I was not as hot on when we came to the end of the tour is even in the shows that I don't know if they'll work as like a full show re-listen five, 10 years from now, there are full stretches. Like you guys are saying, you press play on and you've got 40 minutes of incredible music to re-listen to. Um, you know, for me, like just being at uh, Saturday night at Dick's, the show was very up and down for me. And it, it, there were moments where I was just like, I don't even, I don't know what's going on right now. I don't really know. Like it, it didn't sound connected. And then there were moments like the 46 days howling and Piper segment to end the second set that like, I've gone back to it. I've probably listened to that more than anything else. It's so from good. Howling is like, so it's so yeah. good. It's for all those people like get the fuck on board with this song. Okay. Like it rips, yeah. just get on board. If you're holding yeah. out, you're dumb. Just get on board. It's so good. I, I said to a number of people, I will never question the portion yes. of the howling ever again after that night. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I've that's I've like accomplished something. I know I didn't have any part of that, but I feel really good about that. <laughs> that's it one. Was, uh, we got one. We got one. We got, Probably got a bunch. I, I had our good friend Sam Timberg laughing in my face throughout the entire jam of the howling because my reaction when the song started versus my reaction midway yes. through the jam were two very different people. So but you got that throughout the tour. Go ahead. That's a ridiculous mm-hmm. song. What a dumb song that is. But you know. <laughs> not, the, not the dumbest they play. Not even it's close not, to the yeah, dumbest right. they play. No, not no. No meat stick. It's certainly no meat my soul. Way dumber. Um, <laughs> all right. So <laughs> should we get into shows? What else, what other thoughts do you guys have? I wanted to talk about the weather a little bit, but I, I think maybe that's maybe that's not a theme. Maybe that's just more of like. It's going to be more of a factor. You have observations. We'd love to hear them. Well, I just think it's like, it's part of this thing that I've been, I've been spending a lot of time with my, my mother-in-law because I've been going down to DC a lot and she watches the nightly news and I haven't watched the nightly (laughs) news since I was like 10 and it's really bad. Like that's my takeaway. Every time I watch the nightly news, I'm like, wow, the world is really fucked. But you know, like the weather, summer tour weather is going to keep I don't know. We're we're going to keep getting these curveballs as it were. And I just feel like maybe in the future, they're going to have to do a little more preparation for what if, you know, like yeah. I, I felt like the dicks thing was like a little bit of a, like everyone was taken by surprise sort of. Even though it but happened like, last year. Obviously Brian yeah. <laughs> was there and you can tell us, but I saw reports that it didn't actually rain. So it didn't rain during the delay. Um, there were two rainstorms that happened. Uh, they delayed opening the lot by 30 minutes um, because there was rain, which then they delayed us going into the venue because everyone's trying to figure out where the liability starts and ends with a venue. And all of us are being uh, ex formally known as Twitter experts uh, in that moment. But um they delayed us going in and then we got into the the lot and it was gray skies and there was clearly like a dark cloud coming and it rained like crazy for about 20 minutes, about four forty-five, five o'clock. And then we headed over to get in line for the doors. And at that point there was one more storm cloud heading over. It never actually rained at that point in time. The sun came out, there was a dark cloud behind us. There was lightning. There were rainbows that were appearing. It was actually like one of the coolest skies I've ever seen but there was not a single drop of rain during that period in time. As I understand it, the fear and the rationale for delaying the doors 
was if that storm turned northwest and it would go over the venue rather than continue going northeast. And also there was lightning in the area, but no rain during that period of time. Just, I mean, it's um, really like it's. And I, I mean, there was uh, what's a Matt Bush, who is uh, Bobby's manager, Bob Weir's manager. He was on the Whoop Plus a while back, and they asked him about this stuff. And you know, the, it's venue to venue, but like typically, it's something about uh, lightning strikes within a certain distance or mm-hmm. forecast within a certain distance of the venue. So if this, if the cloud is passing, just passing, and it's there's lightning strike because cloud to ground, it's actually ground to cloud. Lightning can strike quite a quite a surprising distance from the actual storm cell. Uh, so that is their part of their thing. But like you're what are you, you're standing in the parking lot, you have probably a pretty fair, particularly that parking lot. It's all flat. You know what? It, what's going on? You know, it's it, you have a just as much chance of getting struck by lightning there as you do on the bleachers, as you do on the field. I've seen people struck in parking lots and in stadiums. It's going to happen or not. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know about like the liability of the venue at that point. That got to put it the in. Delay the made. The, yeah, the delay made sense to me just because of how close. Like the storm was legitimately like right next to the venue um yeah so the delay made sense although and i guess they are broadcasting that you should go back to your cars nobody was going back to their cars um it's a ga venue that people are there's no information as well about when doors are opening no no like updates every 30 minutes so um just kind of quick tangent i mean you guys talked about this a little bit on your recap on monday but um, the biggest mismanagement to me was the entrance. Um, it was very, very clear for at least an hour before they actually opened the doors that there was a swell of people coming over from shakedown. Whereas there had been this line that had been forming since about two hours before doors were scheduled to open. Wow. And when doors opened, they allowed that that group to come in, which backed everyone else up. And it just it left a kind of a bad taste in your mouth. You know, you're doing the right thing. You're, you're, you're waiting in line with a bunch of people for hours. You're making friends with your neighbors to go in and then they open the doors and no one who's actually been putting in the time waiting in line will actually get in first. So a bit of frustration there, but aside from that, I get the rain delay. Well, it was also similar in the exit as far as the exit was in Wilmington night too. I mean, it was, Mm. the storm was crazy. And then when they finally called the show, then they started just blasting over the speakers, like evacuate, you need to evacuate. And it was just like all these people, nowhere to go. There's like nowhere to go in downtown Wilmington. You're on like boardwalk, which was like swelling and water was coming up to our shins. And we were like walking on the boardwalk next to the river with lightning coming down all around us and like metal railings all along the side. It was just like, you know, this is like not being handled at all. It was crazy. Well, I, I mean, they got to put something on the tickets. Like, you know, they have the thing like, you know, you may be photographed and all that. That's on every event now. Just put in, if you get struck by lightning, it's your own deal. You can't sue them. But I do yeah. think in 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 the in terms of climate, like stuff getting more intense there, musically, there should be maybe a plan B, you know? You mean mm. promotional, for promotion? 100% agree. Yeah. yeah, I just mean like, you know, it just... It, and and also like who knows it's all it's really hard as we talked about on Monday like to go to to the thing that happens is not what you expect it to happen so it's not you know and I'm not going to put myself in the shoes of a musician like at their level but you think that there will be in the future the necessity of like okay if everything gets totally 
fucked up like what we there's a there's a thing to do as opposed to just like i guess we'll just go out and play one long set and figure it out i, I mean, mean isn't that the thing to do what i mean i, I wonder I they could have rescheduled to the next night i mean not that anyone like that would have necessarily I wanted mean, to do that i think I, I i gotta say that the people who were flying out the next morning probably yeah. would rather get the one long set yeah. of fish, yeah. although maybe not that one but uh but it is what it is right you're always <laughs> anytime you walk into a fish show there's a chance it's going to be the show that's not yeah. your favorite um yeah. so you know rescheduling when it's not raining yeah. anymore that would have made more people mad i think the thing yeah and i don't know I, again I, I don't know the specifics around how to make this happen so I, i'm just kind of speaking out of my ass which is you know why i have a podcast um but <laughs> <laughs> um i it's a it's a holiday weekend it's it's essentially a saturday night like uh extend the curfew at the very least i think yeah, we got we got an additional 30ish minutes of of music and they played um time wise they played a longer main set uh on sunday night than they played the friday night because that was the timing of that storm versus this one they were quite different that one came in at showtime basically cut mm. out the entire first set and set break. And then they came on and played an extended set. Um, I, I, I mean, I've said enough uh, in uh, to, to close friends. I'll just say like from a musical standpoint, Sunday was one of the worst fish experiences I've had. And um, you're absolutely right. Like the risk you take with this band is that they are going to do that uh, any night. And that can happen that high risk, high reward, also leads to failure and failures are often mm -hmm. really fascinating with this band. Um, but the risk is really fascinating. Um, I think, yeah, if this is something that's going to continue happening, we've seen more of these over the last five years than any period in fish history. Perhaps that's climate change. Perhaps it's just bad luck. I don't know, but you would think that there is kind of with how good they've gotten to play in those expected one long sets at, yeah. at uh, Mexico, like those sets have been really, really good. You would think that there's an approach to playing this on the fly that they may adapt towards. I don't know. I, I, I would, I, I would dig for a different set list than we got on Sunday, just as a small starting point. But, you but know, they have done good rain delay sets like Pine Knob last, and you know last, last year did awesome. was, was awesome. Was that was yeah. so fun. I loved listening to that. It's awesome. Yeah. Just okay. Work, I guess. So I mean, should we? What are the odds you're going to have? You know, two great shows and two not as great shows, Brian. I mean, that's that's that pretty, pretty. You could bet on that. Yeah. And and by not as great, I mean like. Average grade. I thought Rel relatively good. Not maybe not as up where the first night is. If I had to compare, but I won't. Um, <laughs> I think you but, kind of no, are, Jonathan. I don't know. You might be ranking right now. <laughs> yeah, as close as I get. Okay, so should we officially move to part two and and recommend a couple shows? Let's make it official. Can I say I mean, one more thing? I recommend yes. summer tour. You, Brian, you didn't get to talk about dicks enough. So if it's well, not, I'm not, I don't want to. <laughs> I only want to talk about dicks in 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 lieu of a, a different point. This Perfect. is kind of like uh, point B to my first point, uh, okay. which is Fishman leading jams just unlocks the full dynamic of this band right now. Like it is, these are Fishman led jams, and that is like that's that is something that did not click for me until the Carini on mm. night one of Dicks when I was like the the his his. 
it sounded like there were eight limbs playing drums and I was, I was blown away and I was listening back the Ruby waves from Alpharetta, the tweezer, the well, the fuego from MSG, the Karenian tweezer from Dix and the sand. Like these are not just Trey peaking gems. These are fishmen leading the band and challenging the band and toying with the band. Baking and it really, yeah. yes. And it, it really took me back to those two shows I saw in the mission ballroom where that partnership between Trey and, and Fishman right now, and then conversely, the partnership he has with Paige and the music that they're making, like there's something about those relationships outside of Fish that are influencing this. And like, there was just so many moments of the summer tour that just felt led by John Fishman. Whereas in the past, I've always heard gems be elevated and complimented by John Fishman. These, these felt like full on drum led jams in a really cool way. Yeah, I listened to um, Not Enough in preparing for this recap, just because it's just too much. It was daunting, and I have a lot of other things I wanted to listen to. But I was listening to two different tweezers today, and I don't remember which one did it, because they're both 20-some-minute tweezers. But you could hear Trey starts playing tweezer again 20 minutes in, and the the band doesn't give in. He (laughs) had to let it go. And, you know eight years ago 10 years ago tweezer would have finished and we would have gone into something else and that that wasn't having it uh, that wasn't happening and uh like i commented or posted somewhere while i was watching the uh the fluff head from dick so that before the jam though it wasn't even at the jam it was during the bundle of joy peak they cut to Fishman looking kind of from his right side and just stayed on him through that peak. And it was insane Mm. to watch him move like that and make noises with hands. He doesn't have like what the, it was awesome. It was awesome. I couldn't dance with my right arm after night two, because I just had been like pretending to play the (laughs) drums, like as much as Fishman was while I was dancing. That's amazing. Do you think that makes the the jamming more conversational when it's not Trey leading it? I, I think that's a really interesting way to yeah. use. Yeah. I, I, th- I mean, that's what I hear as well because it, it these joyous jams usually just sounded so – like go back and listen to Holy Ghost from New Year's Eve 2010. It's a great, great jam. But it is Trey – playing his heart out and leading Mm -hmm. the band to a full peak. There's not a ton of conversation that's happening behind the scenes. These jams are not only just joyful celebratory peaks, they are also full conversations. I think you're absolutely right. Having the rhythm section guide that leads to that more than just the guitarist doing that. And I heard that in darker jams too, like in the split open amounts and the stashes, like there were, they were really, they got out there and they were really conversational. Okay, so we are officially going to move to part two, where we're going to each Speaking recommend. Of a Wait, are you are you sure? Are you sure, Brian? Do you have any other points? Are we ready? I mean, I've got, I got <laughs> A and B. I got. Kill it, me, man. I have to like now recommend shows, but I already recommend. It's happening. It's all it's happening. happening. Um, who wants to start? Not me. You want me to, can I start with my honorable mentions? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Seven. 23 uh syracuse um this show is a total gem sunday night coming off of uh up and down burgettstown run as we're moving into the week 
of the MSG run. Um, it felt like a night before the night type of show. Um, I think it was the only, I think it was the only single night run of the entire summer tour. I think everything else was a two night run, which would mean that it would be the only single night run of the entire year so far. Uh, which is crazy. crazy. Um, and sometimes those shows, those shows can be hit or miss. Um, this one I thought was a huge, huge hit. Uh, the kill devil falls, um, as we've talked about the tweezer oblivion in the second set, um, eight, two Madison square garden, uh, the Wednesday night show, um, weird set listing choices, but one of my favorite moments of the entire MSG residency, the energy meat stick, it's ice, uh, is fluid, really cool themes carried over from energy into meat stick into its ice. Um, and then, uh, nine one from, um, uh, Dix. Uh, first set that was pretty classic, very straightforward, rocking, very tight fish. Um, nothing really got out there, but set two and the encores up there with some of the best music I've ever heard or seen from this band. And um, one of the happiest uh, I've been in a long, long, long time. So uh, th- those are my three honorable mentions. Just wait till I get to my actual choices. Who wants to go next? <laughs> um, I only have one honorable mention, so I'll just do that because <laughs> i think that um well first of all i think that i think man night two and msg night one are the best two back-to-back shows of the tour that's my that's my take i because agree I, but i realized that we'll I'll talk more about man second night i'm sure megan will too but i'll just say just because i wasn't there but i mean msg night one for me is is up there with the top three but after that second man show, just the set one from MSG night one is just, it's just like a knockout punch, you know, it's insane. Like from the, yeah. from the start. And I feel like the night, night ones of a lot of these multi-night runs were amazing. Um, but that you already talked about it, Megan, but just that the way that show starts, it's just, it's just insane. The whole, the whole show is just kind of, it just like, it doesn't really make sense. Um, I don't know the wave of hope cities in the way they're like, they're just doing it. Um, so <laughs> I just wanted to, and, and I love there's like, I love the short song in the second set open before the jam. And they did that. And mm-hmm. like the Ruby waves into the plasma, such a great transition. The simple's great. Mountains in the mist is perfect. I mean, split open and melt. It's just like a great show. I think my, my one thing about this show, Jonathan, is that, this is this tour was not good to stash, really. Yeah, a lot of like really um, kind of basic stashes, you know. There's yeah. one that gets into a bliss peak that I I listened to. I thought to I liked today. one. I what was it? I don't um, remember. I don't know. Brian knows. Um, it was, but yeah, stash was fine. Oh, uh, Burgettstown. Really Burgettstown was yeah. really good. Burgettstown was really good. Uh, Bowie, yeah. So okay, so sorry. My honorable mention is MSG Night One, but that's not really fair because there's just like so many, so many good shows. Um, I would say I'd say my honorable mention is probably MSG Eight One, that Tuesday show. It was just opening with that ghost. I talked about it a little bit. That whole first set was just pretty awesome. 
And the second set started with Sample in a Jar, which gets into it, and then just really great Kill Devil Falls. And that whole set was just felt really like fluid and great. And the encore that I mentioned was awesome. And the energy in that room that night was just amazing. I mean, the whole run was amazing, but I had really great seats. I brought someone who had never been to a fish show before and got to hang out with some really fun people after and before. It was just like one of these great nights. And hearing fish play the Beatles, it just, it just hits right. It just is good. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, listeners. I want to tell you about one of our great partners, DistroKid. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keeping 100% of their royalties and earnings. If you're a musician and looking to get your music out there, DistroKid is the way to go. DistroKid is available for iOS and Android and is now available in Apple's App Store and the Google Play Store. More than a million artists rely on DistroKid to get their music onto Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all other major streaming services. And with DistroKid, you can upload new releases, see your financial progress, get notified when you've earned royalties, withdraw money from the app, view and share links, check your streaming stats, and a whole lot more. DistroKid has more features than any other music distributor. Check them out today. Go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash helping friendly. That's distrokid with a capital K dot com slash VIP slash helping friendly for a special offer. Thanks, DistroKid. I don't I don't have an honorable mention. I barely have any any specific full shows to recommend because I just I can't with this tour. I really like it. Um I would say that Megan, you got robbed at Wilmington because that second set yeah, was lining up to be some amazing shit. Um, it was amazing. That oblivion. It was good what you got. Never um, had an experience like that. Like the rain was coming in completely sideways and they were just thrashing on stage through that song. And everybody was, I mean, you were so wet. Like you didn't even know. I've never known I could be that wet. Like it was raining so hard and everybody was just like, fuck it, let's just have an awesome time. You know, it just felt like you were, I don't know, 18 again, and you just have given up all your fucks. It was great. Chalk Dust Oblivion is like 36 minutes of just awesome music. So good. uh, Yeah. And that moment, like, he didn't want to leave the stage, and he had this big thing about it, and watching Paige get covered up, and everybody was just like, don't go. It was just, it was a cool moment. Yeah, it was sad. Yeah, so I don't have have a honorable mention but we'll just slide that one in that slot. Well, good, Jonathan. You should go with your your two. What are your two? Do I have two? I don't. I don't know if I have two. Um, <laughs> do you have I one? really, I really don't think I do. Uh, I might say I can give like you twenty five to choose from if you need if you eight, need guidance. Two. I you know they they played so many good things. I really did like eight two a lot. Um, I liked that. Brace yourselves actually liked the meat stick jam uh because yeah. it wasn't entirely meat stickish i because you want know, to talk about dumb songs throw meat stick out the damn window 
not worth the time it takes to play it most of the time. There, I said it. But this was fun and coming out of the energy. I think this this show it doesn't have any of the like biggest jams, but I think it works really well as a full show. Mm-hmm. Um and then yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Come back to me. Come back around. You guys all have something else, I'm sure. Um, I'll just I'll go the I think my second favorite was my favorite that I saw in person, which I've already mentioned, which was Man Night 2. I think, Brian, it's interesting because this is a total, and actually there's been a couple quotes in here um, about whether it's fair to evaluate fish from watching a stream. I mean, Can I, think I take that? Because absolutely it is, but it, you have to know it's different. Fair. I, I feel attacked because I was not at any of the shows. So I don't think it was an attack on you. I don't it's either. An attack. And um, square up, Cinnamon. Okay. From well, my house. All right, Cinnamon. I can actually give you Jonathan's address if you need it. Um, okay. I think the um, – so the second night of the man. All right, first of all, we had a great day at the Ardmore Music Hall, Megan and I. And I just think, like, it was – it was. Brian, I'd be curious about your your counterpoints on this. Like, I feel like every song in the show was, like, the right choice. Yes. I think the the, like, the Mike song where you get the – boogie on which is like a little bit fun and different but then you get the hydrogen i like i liked every song and and part of it i could have probably done without the moment dance but the fact that it like unfinished into caspian and then the number line with the with the shout out to Kuroda and the fluff head which is great to close like that set was great but also i was with my wife and she likes all these songs so like (laughs) that helps she didn't really like the night before as much because I mentioned we had this like weird stuff going on in front of us, but, but also, you know, I don't think she was like that into, um, the well, which, which is fine. So like, we just had a different experience, but that, and then, you know, the Karini jam, which you guys have talked about joy, golden age, limb by limb, Golgi, fine. I'll do without that. And then a hood and then life beyond the dream antelope, like all between me and my wife, that's basically like all of our, favorite songs in in one show and i just think starting it's kind of like we talked about this about sunday night at dicks like starting a show with a mic screw is un, just it's just yes. like a great treat for fans you know and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's just such a great um way to start a show but i think that i'll probably go back and listen to this full show more than any other full show of the summer even though I'd pro- i'm probably in the minority on that I'd like to address Cinnamon's point because it's one I feel very passionately about. Um, yeah. I, I do think that you can evaluate the music and what the band is doing from watching a stream. I think that the majority of the time that we spend listening to this music and consuming this music happens outside of the show. And to be quite honest, like some of my favorite moments from Dick's I, the, they were then a blur that I forgot about until I went back and re-listened to it. It was like, oh yeah, yeah. that segment right there. Um, it doesn't hit the same way on record as it hits in the moment as it's unfolding and six other things could have happened, but the band decided to lock in on that one melody. And that's the thing that like, that excites everyone. Like that experience in the moment is very different than sitting on your couch or having the luxury of saying, I'm going to you know, grill some steaks while webcasting fish while my kids run around. Like that is an idyllic thing that technology has brought us. That's very, very different from being in the show and all the experiences. Um, you know, I'll also say like 
Sunday for as many just like massive issues as there were with that show and with the logistics around that. There was a moment when Fuego started when a good friend of the pod, one of my best friends, Sam Timber, tapped me on the shoulder and goes, do you want me to show you my secret uh, spot here at Dick's where uh, we can see what the band is doing to the crowd and it will like totally blow your mind. And I was like, sure, whatever. Like I'll, I'll do anything right now. And we walked to this spot where we sat right next to the stage, like front row. And we're basically like at level with the crowd and you could just see the lights on them. You could see like arms up in the air and you could see people yeah. dancing. It was like, it was a perspective I'd never seen at fish. It's um, like back of MSG. Yeah. But like without kind any people, stage. like without oh, any people, right, right. you know, so like, it's just you. And so, um, it just like it added this very cool element to it. So I had like a great time there, which if I was at home on the couch focused on the show, I probably would have just been like, this isn't a good show. And I wouldn't have had that aspect of it, you know? So like the fun personal aspect that you get from being there is very, very different from being at home. But I'm a full belief that you can gauge what's happening and the quality and discuss this from from home i'm very passionate about that i'm a couch tour all-star if you will Um, i think like i just wanted to say there's many ways to access this music is what you're saying yeah yeah right like many ways yeah i think also to your point rj the the second night of the man i you answered the moments where I felt like things were a little bit uneven, you, you, you pointed them out, but like, I think the sum is greater than the parts. It's one of those shows where like that Carini is so big that that carries over an entire second set that Harry hood is such a beautiful way to close out the second set. I feel like that was a really good hood. The first set just has like a bombastic opening segment, Prince Caspian jam number line fluffhead towards the end of the first set. Like there's enough moments in there that like, even if there's a song here or there that you aren't necessarily loving in the moment, it carries over the entire show. I had that experience on Friday night at Dick's. Yeah. That was one of my top two shows that Friday or that second night at the man. It just, you've all said everything I want to say about it, but I also think being there, it was my first time at the man. We had this great time at the Ardmore at the Osiris live event. We rode a school bus to the event and I, you know, walked into the man for the first time. I had no idea. It was so beautiful. It had that like forest cathedral feeling. There was like the ceiling fans on. I got to hang out with Rachel and RJ a lot. You know, it was just, it was a beautiful night and I just had the best night. And I felt like it was one of those shows that like being there, kind of like what Cinnamon's saying, actually like will definitely increase my wanting to like revisit it and listen back. Meg, do you have another show you want to share? Yeah. I mean, I think the best show of the whole summer, of the whole year that I've seen in person was the first night of MSG. And, you know, we've talked a lot about it already, so I won't like bore everybody with it. But I think opening that whole run with evening song is so smart and just something that Trey would do. It's so perfect. And like I said, I was like jaw on the ground after that first set. And I thought that the whole second set was absolutely perfect ending with that like super crazy split open and melt and then good times, bad times encore. Like that's a show you only need one song of an encore because they're going to come back for six more nights. And it just felt like they came in and delivered this perfect show. I didn't have the perfect experience. I had an amazing time on the floor before and after I had a little bit of weirdness going on with some people around me on the floor, but 
I was, the music was so good that it like took me away from that even. And that's when I know the show is like unbelievable. And this is a show that every time I put it on, I find something else that I forgot that was so great about it. It's a stunning, stunning show. Can I share my two? Please. Okay. So I would have put 728 on there, but I knew that the two of you were going to put that on there. So I'm leaving that to you. That is, that is my favorite show of the entire year. Um, it is just, it's incredible, as has been said. The two shows I want to point out are um, July 14th uh, from Alpharetta, night one at Alpharetta. Uh, I think that this show is pretty damn close to perfection, and it might actually be a perfect show. Um no Men in No Man's Land is excellent. Axela Tube, uh, Prince Caspian with a really cool jam. Set one is just like, it's a banger set. Songs in kind of weird places, um, but not really like shocking song selection. It just feels very familiar, like summer tour in a really good way. Uh, but set two is Ghost, the Ruby Waves, which as I've noted is my favorite jam of the summer. Uh, the debut and still only time played of and flew away a song that I really would like to see the band try to play again. It was really, really nice. Uh, my friend, my friend, the first time it went type two since uh jam filled night, uh, and then first tube and then an encore surprise of, um, if I could, uh, really kind of surprising encore slot there. Uh, and then possum, uh, RJB's favorite fish song, um, just like a, a full, you know, it's the first, We've had the first opening, the opening two shows a tour. We moved to Alpharetta, familiar venue. We're in the South. We're going to do Alpharetta for three nights this week, this weekend. Like, you know, they've done that over the last couple of years. Um, it just, it felt familiar. It felt like, um, you know, you go on a, on a hike and it's like a familiar hike that you've gone on. You go on like each summer and it's your first time coming back to it. You go to like your cabin. It's your first time going there for the summer. Like there's just something familiar about that moment that um, every tour kind of had, like every great tour has a show like this early on in it. And it really just gives you a sense that we're really in for something. Um, so I love that show. And then the other one, Brian, just before you, before you yeah, please. continue, can I, that was just going to be my last one. And I want to just, I think that's my favorite show of the year so far also. Wow. Um, and I just want to say, first of all, the, the my friend, my friend, that's part of it is like we get this. Yeah. I think when that kind of stuff happens, kind of like what we heard in fall 2021, a bunch, like including mm-hmm. the the Axela in Vegas and some of those where like the they just go out there in a way that I don't even know if they were planning on it or if they were. It, it sounds like it's organic, which I love. Um, and we haven't had that as much this summer as, as we have in tours past. So it sort of like sticks out to me, you know, like last year we had the rise come together. Maybe, maybe it's only a few times per tour, but it, it felt a little bit missing this, this summer, but yeah. I just, just only to add on the Ruby waves. I just kept thanking my lucky stars, which were handles on doors um, that, <laughs> that the band did not, heed trey's urge to go into soul planet it's like 13 minutes in and it's like, kind of <laughs> like too. what you were talking about jonathan with the tweezer um from a different show but you know he it happens. like he just he just wants to play soul planet so bad and nobody will nobody will let him and like eventually he gives up and it goes on and i mean it's just such a great jam but you can like feel it it's like He's probably, I didn't watch the webcast of that show, but I'm sure he was like looking around like, 
Wouldn't this be Come cool, on, guys? guys? If we played Salt Planet, and everyone's like, <laughs> maybe no, that's a big old inc- smile on his face. Yeah, and, and we're gonna like, get happy. You got happy. me on film that yeah. one time. You released it as a documentary. You stormed into my house and forced <laughs> me to learn this song. We're not playing it exactly. Right now. I feel like so maybe that's another theme not. of this sh- of this tour is that the band says no, like everybody else says <laughs> no to Trey. That's, like, <laughs> that's the other theme. That's like, the democ- democratic jam, right? right? We're it's like everybody is no, like everybody's really leaning into their <laughs> opinions and mm-hmm. they're playing equal vote. It produces. Yeah, results. that's what happens when you're 40. You know, you're like, "Fuck now, I'm putting my foot down." Putting <laughs> my foot down. I just think it's awesome that you can like. I'm not a big like. You know, I don't hear San Jose or whatever, but like, <laughs> I just, you can just tell that he's like really, <laughs> he really wants to play Soul Planet, and um, it's just it was entertaining, <laughs> but it's also like it gives this extra 20 minutes or something to to this jam or 15 minutes at least. So, um, sorry, Brian, you got one no, more no, for no. us. Was, I also want to, to say point. about yeah, that encore please. too, is it kind of followed the theme that they did with a lot of encores, which is playing like a really great touching ballad and then playing like a really fast rockin' tune. And I think they did that a lot this summer and I like it. You got to leave them rocking. Yeah. And especially if it's, if I could, I'm here for that. Although exactly. where is fast enough for you? Like bring it back. Oof. Bring Ooh, it sound back. It at Dick's. I know they're they fucking with us. The, like a set full of the fastest freaking tunes. I'm gonna miss it. They tunes played at the fastest rate. They're not necessarily fast songs, and uh, but they didn't play it. Too bad. We're gonna miss it. I'm gonna miss it on fall tour. I'm gonna be so mad. You will webcast it, and you will enjoy I will. it so much. Pretty much I'm... just the same. Okay. So I Brian, you. the way that like you like to maybe try to tap into my energy at shows. I want to tap into your energy on couch tour because I have a hard time like focusing and like being present in couch tour. Me too. Just, I recommend doing a crossword. Um, it's another show. Your brain is active. It's another show. It's another show. It's a show to there. There's something, anything can happen when these guys walk on stage, um, which like that. is a great segue into my last show that I want to <laughs> discuss, which is, Complete uh, attendance bias, um, but maybe not. I think it's a really good show. But like the part of the reason for having it here is it's a t- total attendance bias. It's night one of dicks. Um, I, I love that show. I, it's pretty good. Words can almost not describe how I feel about this show. Um, I saw seven shows last year, Alpine and Dicks, and there were some great moments. But I, I did not. I I walked away feeling as though I had not seen that show that I know the band is capable of. And after hearing so much in 2022 that were uh, uh, just, you know, high, high quality sets, uh, um, the Raleigh show, you guys all saw the uh, Atlantic city shows. Um, you know, there were just so many great moments last summer. And then I just kind of walked away feeling a little down on this band. And I was mm-hmm. like, I, I, I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's them. I don't know if it was just like a, uh, a rough streak of shows, but I had a moment in the fall where I just really didn't listen to much fish. And then things started to come back and I loved parts of the new year's run. I loved one of the Mexico shows. I loved the spring tour. As we're talking about here, we loved this summer tour. There's been so much great music. Um, and then they come out on stage, my first show in a year and they play a 20 minute Carini and it is so like good. multifaceted. It's, peaks there's so much communication between the band like instantly everything i'd been hearing from the couch and through my headphones for the last five weeks is like happening right in front of me and like you're hearing trey come up with a melody and then build it and then the band responds to him and then him and fishman are in conversation they 
peak the jam and then there's this post peak jamming that continues to happen and we're 20 minutes into the show we're one song into the show and not only did they play that to open it but we also got an amazing prince caspian as the super moon was rising over dicks uh the first we are come to outlive our brains in two years one of my favorite just like pure songs that the band has written um an outstanding ruby waves that like goes way beyond its 14 minutes um it's not as like deep and exploratory but just tons of ideas um the first great, great, great tweezer at Dick's, a gorgeous Beneath the Sea of Stars, an absolutely outstanding light with just more interplay between Trey and Fish, huge, huge slave to the traffic light that just felt big in the moment, and then a show of life encore oh. before Santos that um, clearly there was you know, some sort of a otherworldly message behind that song. That song is some of the most honest lyrics uh and and touching lyrics that the dude of life has ever written um and I, i've always really just loved how that song kind of taps into classic rock ballad song tropes in a really good way and it feels like a part of the american songbook in a really cool uh sense that a lot of fish songs don't mm-hmm. um so i don't know man that show completely blew me away it felt like the most complete start to finish show of the entire weekend um i liked parts of friday night more but as a full show, uh, eight thirty one, man, uh, just something about that date in fish history. And I think I've been at most of the eight thirty one shows in history and have loved all of them. I loved that set listening back. Like that whole second set is just total magic too. And to do a set like that after opening a show with that Carini and I think that tweezer beneath the sea of stars, oblivion light is just, it's so good. I just feel like that stretch is just beautiful set listing. Yeah, I really love the show. I talked about that earlier, but I have revisited that Tweezer Sea of Stars more than anything from this summer, honestly. It's, I mean, that's my shit right there. Um, And let me tell you, on this couch, right here in this room, it was madness. People were just losing their shit. (laughs) um, You can tell me it's different than being there, and you're not wrong, but it was wild here. I I have one more. Can I mention one more show? Yeah. And I don't have like full show recommendations the way you, yeah, I haven't, I haven't done that kind of work. And I, I just, I'm not feeling that way. I just, there's so many great chunks of great music. Um, and I thought, I didn't really think you were going there when you guys talked about 714. I just wanted to highlight 715. Um, I think the first set is solid starts kind of classic with the gym foam. Um, then, you know, everything is kind of banging and solid Fluffhead, Everything's right. Esther. Great. It's a, it's a great first set set to opens with rift. And then 29 minute tweezer is amazing and gets a little twisted, uh, kind of soft landing into golden age and then actually my favorite bit is when that golden age fades out into I always wanted it this way. And we yeah. get 15 minute I always wanted it this way, which is I always wanted it that way. Like that's yes, please do that. Love that song. Love what they did with it here. And um, I I really enjoyed that show in the moment and, uh, and the fact that it touches on tweezer and then goes to Harry hood uh Great, great uh, encore as well with the Big Black Furry oh Creature God, from Mars. I forgot they played and, that. That's yeah. so fun. Um, I'm going to listen to the show again. 
Oh, it's it's totally worth it. And I'll do my honorable mention at the at the end and say that um, you know, probably uh Derek Trucks sit-in is one of the better certainly top ten sit-ins of all time. I think so. So it was outstanding mm-hmm. and worth re-listening. Awesome. Thank you, Jonathan. That's a great that's a good show. I, I gotta go back to that one too. Mm-hmm. Um there's a lot of lot of great stuff. We we covered as much as we could in this hour, but also you guys all probably have to go, you know, get on with your Friday. Or if you're listening on Saturday, I bet you have to take someone to soccer practice or something. So um, <laughs> we're gonna leave it there. But we will be back next week with picking up our 40 for 40 series. I think we're in 3.0. We're entering 3.0. Yeah, so. yeah, it's, it's crazy. We'll the light is shining brighter now. Yeah, so love bright. and light, man. So bright. Um, anything else, guys? Great, great tour. Great year yeah. of fish. Happy 40th anniversary to this band. And it's amazing they keep creating this kind of music and that, hey, I don't know, this just continues on and on. It's awesome. Fall tour is going to be great. It's going to be yeah, fun. Yeah, it's a good year. All right, we'll see you all next week. Thanks, guys. Bye, everyone. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.